Welcome to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling, the ESPN for all things comedy, with your hosts, Mark Riccadonna and Richie Byrne. And now, grab a drink and welcome Mark Riccadonna and Richie Byrne. You're listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. I'm your host, Mark Rigadonna, and with me as always, Richie Byrne. And we have two other co-hosts. We have yeah. Jason and Justin. Say hello to the fine people. Hello, hello to the fine people. Right? It's a first for us, too, Mark, right? This we're very first. Yeah, we're trying yeah. to combine efforts. Uh, we have two podcasts going on at the same time, and we have a very special guest. Let's get to it, because this man has a time crunch and needs to get out of here. Uh, he's within- beautiful. He's beautiful. According to Jason, he's beautiful. Oh, I thought you were taking a long pregnant pause. He's beautiful. Theater owner. <laughs> Let's bring him out, everybody. Mike Moran, everybody. Mike is in the house. So uh, the way we start every show is we start with a drink. So um, let's go around the room and see what everybody's drinking. We'll start with, uh, let's start with our guest, Mike. As I told you, it's going to be vodka on the rocks. No mixer, just straight vodka today. Nice, my man. I like him. He has. Yeah, what kind of vodka are we talking? Uh, Stoli today. Ooh. Yeah, this guy does not pull punches. He's. This is an early recording, too, so this guy knows how to party. Originally, originally I was scheduled for a 6 o'clock show, and (laughs) that's happy hour, so that's no problem. But three and as mark mentioned i have something else to do uh so i it's a half pour today it's okay it's only four fingers Uh, (laughs) (laughs) let's see who else what are we drinking jason pollock well considering it's harvest season i got a special hard cider from spellbound brewery spellbound brewery hard cider i like it justin so uh, I, I'm a Pennsylvania boy originally, and so today I am drinking a Yingling Porter, but it's uh, they're teaming up with Hershey's Chocolate. So it's a nice. Hershey's Chocolate Ooh. Porter. Nice. Wow. Really good. We're really going good. with, uh, how does it taste? Is it heavy or is it? You know, it's, it's, not, it's not too far from their lager. And um, and really, especially with your first few sips, if, if you're a slow drinker, you really, really get that that chocolate, that real Hershey chocolate taste. Oh, I like that. Richie, always want your beer. Yeah. <laughs> what can who who put the peanut butter in the chocolate? Who put the chocolate? Who gives a shit? I want it in my beer. <laughs> <laughs> Richie, what do we got? No, you go first because uh, you go first. I have uh, Duke whiskey, and I mixed it with a little Coke because the whiskey is so tough, it'll take the paint right off your teeth. So I cut it with a little Coke. Nice. Now, here's the problem, Mark. Now, you know I'm an alcoholic. Of course. And and I'm good at it. That's why we get along. (laughs) Yes. And we've had many shows now. We're in our third season, and we've had guests on who really did not get the idea that they should have a drink. You know what I mean? Right, Mark? You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. But today, my God, these three came through like gangbusters. My I God. Know. I mean, really, like they were prepared. Everybody they, was ready for a drink. They had unique drinks. They explained their drinks. 
And I have a gig tonight, so I went with Diet Coke. <laughs> Richie. Now in front of the four of you. Did you, Richie, did you ever have that without liquor in it? <laughs> Do you Wait, know that Diet you can Coke go by straight up Diet Coke? Bring that can over here and I'll pour a little of this in it. <laughs> did you guys did you guys know that coke was sweet i never knew that till today <laughs> i always thought it tasted lightly like gasoline <laughs> well that's awesome well we also uh the second thing we do during every show is we like to tell a joke and uh i we have three guests so i tonight richie we got an easy night we can sit back and let them tell some jokes i planned on that anyway mark so go ahead well, <laughs> yeah, richie's not really one for uh heavy i lifting. haven't prepared for a show yet this season so the focus is on mike the focus mike volunteered his time to be here tonight you're not yeah. paying him right volunteered did i get that right that's right i did nope all right so I'll, i wanted to make it a quick joke you warned me about this so what does right. a horny frog say? <laughs> what does a horny frog say? What did Mike rip it? <laughs> oh, rub it. Rub it. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, all right. Here we go. Here we go. Ron Chester, 89 years of age, was stopped by police around 2 a.m. and was asked, where are you going this time of night? Ron replied, I'm on my way to a lecture about alcohol abuse and the effects it has on the human body, as well as smoking and staying out late. The officer asked, really? And who's giving that lecture at this time of night? Ron replied, that would be my wife. <laughs> I can speak for two of us that that's an actual true story. Right? I've heard the lecture. Once again, Mark, Completely prepared, unlike almost every other guest we ever had on. I know. I we gotta have we have to have theater people on more often. They actually which goes with my quote: "All the world is a stage, and most of us are desperately unrehearsed." <laughs> this is all tying together. <laughs> Justin, do you have one? Oh, it's my turn. Right. Uh, so, uh, a priest, a rabbi, and a mom walk into a bar. The bartender says, ah, this has got to be a joke. <laughs> That's three great jokes. Yeah. I'm so happy. I think we should end. I know. <laughs> Folks, this is a perfect show. It's Actually, downhill from here, Mark. Dan and Jerry are calling me right now, uh, Mike. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Probably making sure that we, we got you a link and took what care a, of you. Well, let's just bring them on. We can have more. <laughs> <laughs> I have. Um, so before actually, before uh, Richie, you hopped on, we were talking to Mike in the green room and he was telling, first of all, I think this is really cool. They call. He actually. Uh, <laughs> we lost you, Mark. <laughs> Am I still here? <laughs> no. Now, so, the big show, some storytelling. <laughs> There we go. There <laughs> you were talking. I wanted to give you a solo, and I, I took you out by accident. I'm sorry. <laughs> Can you take me out of the logo? Look at this. So, <laughs> yeah, let me move that. <laughs> I like that everything went perfect until now. <laughs> 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 you might say, from here. 
Um, but right before you hopped on, we were talking to Mike, and he was telling us he does these monthly. Uh, was it always monthly? Oh, my uh, consortium calls. Yeah. Yeah. So I was t- telling the guys that it's like a lifetime sentence. I'm the president of the consortium of Eastern regional theaters. We've got about a hundred members and there are agents and artists and theater operators. And uh, we do, it was during when COVID started, we did these weekly town halls. Now it's bi-monthly and next month we go to monthly. And it's funny. We started, everything was scripted. Right. We had to have panelists and, <laughs> and all kinds of topics. Now, today, I'll get on at four o'clock. No clue. I'll start talking. <laughs> it works. It doesn't work. Whatever. They, you know, someone once told me I used to be really nervous about public speaking. And I, one of my board members said, oh, don't worry. They didn't come to see you. <laughs> Mike, Mike, you're slowly becoming a stand-up comic. You, at the beginning, you have material, you write new stuff, you're excited to do it, and then you're like, "Eh, just wing it." <laughs> so now you're 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 doing the show, and you said you were interviewing uh, Elvis's oh, tour manager. Yeah, that's different. That's another thing that I've, I've picked up. So uh, Steve Love from Love Productions, an agency out of New York, has a plethora of tribute bands on his roster. And so he asked me if I would do some interviews with some of the artists on his roster. And so the show is called Artists on Lockdown. And the first one I did was a guy by the name of David Victor. David was actually in the band from 2010 to 2014. Look it up. It's a real thing. And so, you know, I I did a, a thing with Again, I, I don't know what the hell I'm going to talk about, right? I got a couple of questions on a piece of paper. Hey, David, you know, how did it feel to sing more than a feeling? And so all of a sudden, I'm asking them questions about, you know, Emac and Bolio's, which is a little ice cream joint up in Boston that was opened by a lawyer. <laughs> and we're just going at it for over half an hour. Yesterday, I was on with uh, Charles Stone, who was Elvis Presley's tour manager for a while. The show that he's touring is called The Concert of Kings, three Elvis impersonators and Charles Stone. And these guys go out and they do the show. And there's a young Elvis who comes out and sings some of the music that Elvis did when his, in his younger years. And then there's a middle-aged Elvis and an older Elvis. And Charles comes out in between these guys' costume changes and sets. And he tells stories about what it's like to have been with Elvis. And I think he was with Elvis for seven years. Guy's real character. Oh my God, that's awesome! That is a cool show. Is it? The, the, I mean, I would imagine the perfect blend would be you have a young Elvis come out and do the early stuff, right? then you have like movie star Elvis come out, you know, and then you have Big Elvis when he was more the ballad yeah. Elvis. Well, we don't uh, that. for the last Elvis. Oh, oh let's call him Ballad Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> I've been calling him Xanax Elvis. <laughs> I kind of I could I could do the look for Xanax Elvis. <laughs> I got the look down. I can't sing like him though. I don't know. Was that your wife called you a fat Paul Rudd? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never gotten just a celebrity. It's always adjective celebrity. A fat <laughs> Paul Rudd. If Johnny Depp let go. If <laughs> I've never gotten a night. Mike, who do you get? Oh, God. When I was younger, believe it or not, I used to get Tom Selleck. Nice. And it's the mustache, now, obviously. I get uh, Ted Turner. 
<laughs> Still not bad. No, not I, not bad. Yeah. I would take that. I would right? trade. <laughs> so, or um, or uh, Lois Griffin's father. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so wait, Carter. So wait, we need Richie and Mike to do a live stage version of Family Guy. <laughs> well, ironically, Mark, I never wear my glasses, but my eyes bother me. I wore my glasses, and I really do look like him a lot. When I Which is <laughs> really not a great look. So, Mike, uh, you're you're in Connecticut. Tell us a little bit about your theater. All right. So, Palace Theater is uh, built. It was built in 1927. Wow. We seat a little over 1,600 people. Um, and we do everything. I mean, we do stand-up comedy. We do touring national concerts. We do a little bit of touring Broadway, not a lot. Our local symphony comes in and brings us the classical music scene. Our local ballet comes in and does the Nutcracker. We do about 130 shows a year. Um, and, you know, comedy and family programming is probably the stuff that does uh, financially the best for us. People love comedy. People love comedy. Yeah. Uh, and so we've been really fortunate. Jerry Seinfeld has played the room, Jeff Dunham, uh, Tracy Morgan, Ron White, Lewis Black. So, you know, we've, we've done very, very well in the comedy, the comedy front. And then the kids stuff, you know, Wild Kratz, Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, Peppa Pig. And we'll do two shows in one day, sell them both out. And I think it works. The, the, the diversity of programming works because we're so close to New York City and for us, really good to you know give people an opportunity to come locally and see something but yeah. that's why i think touring broadway doesn't do very well because you're so close to new york city the best of the best is there 45 50 minutes you're seeing hamilton right so why yeah. am i take a you know a fourth world tour or a 10th world tour of rent or 42nd street and charge someone 75 dollars when i could charge someone 75 dollars for lewis black and lewis brings the house down yeah, that's true. Now, what um what town are you in? Stanford, Connecticut. Okay. And uh I saw on your website that you have dates coming up. Like I saw in March or are those old dates? No, we've had to move, right? Our little COVID-19 crisis. What, is this wishful thinking or are you guys- No, I'm I'm hoping cuz some of these things like if you see that, you know, Daughtry is on our calendar. Yes. Wow. Daughtry is on our calendar for March of 20 20- 20 we moved it to september of 2020 and now we've moved it off into 2021 we're still close i mean the state of connecticut just moved to phase three and so for us what that means is that we can go to 50 percent capacity but superseded by social distancing so we can only sell like 340 tickets in a 1600 seat theater right you can't make that work i mean if your fee to come play my theater is fifty thousand dollars and i based 1600 tickets so i could you know pay the marketing and pay the you know pay your fee and all of a sudden i can only sell 340 tickets now if the economics just don't work that's a heavy ticket well, I'll tell you what, I'll come for $25,000. We'll $25,000, jeez, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> Look at Richie giving you half off. Wow, <laughs> what a gentleman. So, I, <laughs> now, you know, it's funny. I had a show that I thought we were going to be able to do, uh, the Halloween Spooktacular. Actually, you know, you, you mentioned Dan and Jerry, and they run DCA Productions. And so they have, they have a, an artist roster as well. And I booked this Halloween Spooktacular with them. 
And we had it on the calendar. We closed March, whatever it was, 12th, and we didn't know what was going to happen. And the Halloween spectacular doesn't play well at Christmas, and it doesn't play well at St. Patrick's Day. It's got to be Halloween. So but they all have masks on, so that's a bummer. It's a circus. Well, it might play well at Purim. I don't know how familiar you are with the Hebrew calendar. <laughs> Holidays, but my people have their Halloween in March. Maybe we'll talk to Dan. Maybe we can get it moved and, uh, and we'll, we'll diversify our audience. So, so anyway, I left it on the calendar and I called Dan and I said, listen, hey, we're going into phase three. We're going to be able to make this work. Beautiful thing. And I put the show on sale. And now all of a sudden, Connecticut's spiking. COVID cases are spiking all over the state. Connecticut has this travel advisory list, right? There were like 34, 38 states on the travel advisory list. And I think that over the past couple of weeks, Connecticut's numbers have gone up so high that theoretically Connecticut would have had to put itself on its own travel advisory list. Wow. So, you know, it's just, you know, it's safety first, guys, right? Safety. You know, so it didn't make any sense to jeopardize the patrons or the staff. So I called Dan. I said, listen, Dan, we'll find another time to do this. Let's not put anybody in jeopardy by doing the show. So yeah. here, here we are, closed again. What date did you close? Do you, Mar- March 4th? Uh, the last show that we did, the last event that we did was March 6th. I had shows scheduled for the 12th, 13th, and 14th, that entire weekend. Yes. And then we shut it down the afternoon of the 12th. And so that whole weekend of shows was locked. The only event we did between March 6th and now was um, Senator Blumenthal was actually going around and doing some press conferences from local theaters just to state that he was in support of the Save Our Stages Act and the the Restart Act. And so uh, his team called and said, can we do a, a press conference in Stanford? I said, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Love to have it. Socially distanced, 25 people max. But we had the senator in Stanford. So. And he goes, all right, I'm going to try out some new material. You guys cool? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Jason, the light? where's the light? <laughs> I'm going to have you pop up these photos. And then, Mike, you give us the uh, first thing that pops in your mind if a good story uh, comes to mind on these. Trevor Noah, brilliant. This guy is brilliant. So we had an opportunity to have Trevor Noah at the Palace Theater before he took over for John Stewart on The Daily Show. Wow. And, you know, the agent calls and says, you know, the guy's going to do three sh- three shows in the New York area. You've got to drop your radius clause. And in, in this business, the radius clause is something that we put into all of our contracts. So yeah. that's not competing against, you know, the theater nine miles down the road. He said, if you want them, you've got to drop the radius clause. I said, I want them. And, and so we signed the deal. And Trevor comes in. He's just as gracious as the day is long. Um, and he's just brilliant. Is it, was uh, his opening act the late great Angelo Lozada? It was. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We, uh, we we absolutely love Angelo on the show, and we uh, we we really miss him. He passed away uh, a little oh, while ago. No. Last, he was last December, right before Christmas, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Angelo was a was an extremely funny guy too. I do a little series in a small room at the theater called uh, Laugh Tracks, and and Angelo was so funny. I brought him back for the Laugh Track series. Oh, nice! I didn't know. I'm sorry to hear that, guys. Yeah, we love love Angelo. He was a big a good friend to the show. We loved him a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah good guy. Again, just as gracious as the day is long. Yeah, yeah. Let's pull up the next one. 
Ah, Giada De Laurentiis. Yeah, well, now we're talking. This is an absolutely <laughs> beautiful woman. Pictures do not do her justice. Yes. So she was touring a book. She was touring a cookbook. And I believe that um, oh, uh, William Sonoma actually was going to be uh, selling the book through their stores, through their, their uh, brick and mortar stores at Christmas. And so Giada was out doing the book tour. And the Palace Theater was one of the stops. And, you know, I, you, you were supposed to buy a book to be able to have your picture taken with Gianna. But I, I know a guy. So <laughs> I bought a book and I snuck in there at the end of the line. And, uh, again, very, very pleasant, very nice. Um, did she cook anything? She did not. But she oh. reviewed a few of the recipes in the book. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then she took questions. We had, uh, we had a couple microphones down in the front of the theater and people got a chance to come up to the microphones toward the end of the show and ask questions. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, no, I've got, I've, got the, I've got that picture on my wall in the office. Nice. That's a keeper. Time. Look at that. I'd be proud of that, too. Yeah. Good-looking good couple of people right there. I you know. know. As Jason would say, very beautiful. <laughs> he's a handsome man and the theater's not so bad either <laughs> let's pull up the next one Jason so the band Chicago yes, one of the best concerts we've ever had at the Palace Theater it was, it's kind of a coup for us right because Chicago tends to go out with like Earth, Wind and Fire or the yeah. Doobie Brothers they, they play much larger venues. And mm-hmm. once a year, we have a gala. And with the gala, we tend to go for a, a, a big-name artist. We pay a little bit more. Uh, the donors really come out and support us for that for that annual gala. And so we had, we had the band Chicago a, a couple of years ago. And, and it's a funny story there, too. The gala is typically in the spring. And... We were supposed to have the gala. I think it was March, March 17th. No, no, March. I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't St. Patrick's Day, but whatever it was, it was in the spring and it snowed. And we knew the coming in. And again, you know, the band was in New York. The production team was all in Stanford, except for three guys that would, you know, had a delayed flight coming out of Detroit. And, we just panicked. It's like, oh my God, what are we going to do? You know, because if the band shows up, typically the show goes on. Yeah. And you know, again, the luck of the Irish guys. I, I'm Irish, <laughs> and the governor of the state of Connecticut imposed a travel ban. And so, the production trucks were sitting at a rest stop on I-95, and we had the show on a Tuesday night. It snowed like crazy overnight on Monday, and they had another show in Pennsylvania on Wednesday. And I called and I said, listen, guys, if you don't move those production trucks, you're going to lose the Tuesday show. You're going to lose the Wednesday show. And so we got it rescheduled. We got it rescheduled for September of, of that year. And everything worked out really, really well. The show was completely sold out. And the guys brought the house down. Oh, man. They have to be exciting, all those horns. and Absolutely. And if you look at that picture, there's a guy who, you know, what was the name of the lead singer? This guy over here with the beam. Terror. He looks like Owen Owen Wilson. (laughs) You guys play trumpet? Wow. (laughs) I've seen I've seen Chicago twice, once with the Doobie Brothers and once with Earth, Wind and Fire. And I mean, it's just the the show is electric. Uh, 
Chicago, they they just pump it out like like they're still young men. I'll tell you, it's so it's it's so funny to see that. Um, one of my favorite things though is when they go out on tour with those other bands. The end of their show they do together. Right. So they go like a Chicago tune, a Doobie Brothers tune, back and forth. Right. So think think Chicago and Earth, Wind and Fire. The center of the stage, there's nine horns. Yep. Yep. <laughs> And the paint is being peeled off the walls, man, because they're going to town like it's like fucking Super Bowl Sunday and they're the marching band, man. It's amazing. <laughs> so we, good. we've had Earth, Wind & Fire, too, for the gala. Uh, obviously different years. So we've had some really great shows. Jerry Seinfeld did our gala one year. So, But Jerry had no horns. Jerry had no horns. <laughs> no horn no section. He went acoustic. It's funny that you said Owen Wilson, because I always tell Mark he looks like a fat Owen Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, God. It's mostly because I'm stoned all the time and say, wow. <laughs> he just stole Keanu Reeves' line. He, it was supposed oh. to be, whoa, whoa, and he was like, wow. <laughs> he turned Keanu into stone. a 50s character. All right, what about this one? <laughs> ah, Jeff Dunham. Jeff Dunham. This is a coup for us, too. We don't do a lot of programming in the summertime because the summertime in Connecticut, there are outdoor concerts all over the place. And I got a call and I had an opportunity. I have to thank a fellow, uh, a, a colleague who was going to be doing uh, Jeff Dunham, I think, at, uh, in, in uh, Inglewood, New Jersey. And so he gave the agent my name. The agent called me up and said, yeah, let's, you know, let's make it work. It was August. And, and like wow. I said, what did you do August? And the reason why we get the opportunity to do some of these shows is because, you know, they're getting ready to go out with a new tour, right? Jeff does venues a lot bigger than 1,600 seats. But, they, you know, like, like anybody else, right? They've got a new show. They want to take it out, like Trevor Noah, right? And yeah. put it in front of an audience and see if it's going to work and see how the audience is going to respond. And if they have to, like in a play, right, you take notes. And if you have to go back and change something, you do. So uh, Jeff came in. And he had just done like this world tour. And he's just, he's a really, really pleasant guy. He works his tail off. He builds yeah. all of these, all these characters himself, right? Uh, he does this story about how, you know, as a kid, I think in late senior in high school or early college, he built a helicopter or something like that himself. <laughs> you know? And and who doesn't like the, the, the characters? I mean, Ahmed. Silence. I give you, you know, <laughs> uh, hysterical show. He's he's brilliant. He's brilliant. And you know, there's a lot of people that want to be ventriloquist today, and it's working out right because you, you got to wear the mask. <laughs> <laughs> the bad well, ones are the ones that have it on the puppet instead of them. <laughs> Interesting fact is ventriloquist right now. What's that? In today's world, every comedian is a ventriloquist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, very no, nice. no, I was going to say that um, Jeff Dunham actually stole Mark Rickard on his act. And Mark, that's why Mark does the stoner persona now, because he used to be a ventriloquist. And now um, <laughs> I now was actually like just the grumpy old man, not a ventriloquist. I was oh, just Walter. Yeah, I was just Walter. I already said you look like a fat Jeff Dunham. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all the characters are good. Peanut, they're all funny. I remember as a oh, there we go. Yeah, pop the next one up. All right, so my favorite genre of music, 
believe it or not, is country music, but but the new yeah. country. I mean, George Strait might be great, right? But I don't know what it was. Uh, Ten, eight years ago, somehow, some way, I started to like Keith Urban, and then I, I, I got Sirius XM, and I put this, I don't know, the highway on, right? Uh, yeah, John. Willie Nelson, or no, Willie's the Roadhouse. Willie's the Roadhouse, and I started listening to this country stuff, and you know, and I liked it. I said, "Oh my God, this is really cool!" So I started to book some country stuff at the Palace, and believe it or not, the millennials love this stuff. Wow! So that, that was the Eli Young band, and so I had an opportunity to bring them in again. I, you know, I don't do a lot in August, but they came up. They did an August show for me. Uh, sold a ton of tickets. People were thanking me on the way out. Oh, my favorite band, Eli Young. And there was another big concert at one of the casinos that night. I can't remember who it was. Luke Bryan, maybe. And we still had a huge crowd for that show. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Hey, the country, country fans come out for shows. They do. And, you, oh, God, you know what? They consume alcohol. <laughs> we do Chris Jansen at the palace in January before this whole COVID crisis. And he had just had a number one song on the billboard charts. I don't know, four or six weeks before the show. Guy, we sold $13,000 at the bar that night. Jesus. That was one guy. (laughs) (laughs) We'd never sold that much for one performance before. And so, you know, they, they, and they're a fun loving group of people. I'll tell you, they're up, they're dancing, they're having a good time. That's awesome. So I think when, one of the best things about booking your own venue is you get to see something you like and like you, I'll see a movie and say, Oh, to my friends, you got to see this. When you book your own venue, you, you could, you could see a great show and say, I got to get that. I got to let everybody I know see it. Yeah, that's just, you know, there's a lot of times people will pitch an idea to me and I have no idea who the hell the artist is, but yeah. I've got to do a little research because we all have this tool too that we call it's Polestar. Uh, and so a lot, of, a lot of venues go and they report their concert grosses or their show grosses to Polestar. So I might go online and I might see that, you know, Justin, who, who you know, is doing a tour and Justin is selling out 400 seat venues and that's great. But Richard is doing a tour too. And, you know, Richie's selling out 1500 seat venues. So I, you know, I got to pick and choose the things that I think will work in my venue. And, and yeah. so you know, we've well, got, if, tools. It to, if it comes to uh, opera or queen, go with Justin, not Richie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Justin's a theater guy. He came in with a prop today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and not at all. I mean, I don't know who's getting me fifteen hundred seat venues? That's awesome. I got, <laughs> suddenly, I got a great agent. Where did that come from? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, because Mike, you have to get out of here in a minute. Let's do a roundtable real quick. Does anybody have question for Mike? And then we'll uh, we'll let Justin close out. Mike, with uh, maybe you could give us a song way. Well, Mike takes off, and then we'll come back, and we'll the 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 four of us talk. That sounds uh, like a lot of fun. Yeah, can I start? Yes, Mike. How did you get involved in this? In, in, in the- so it, interestingly enough, the first job that I had when I quit my paper route was at a drive-in theater in Lewiston, Maine. And so, you know, I did that for like eight years, and then I transferred to Waterbury, Connecticut. I talk about culture shock. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I made the transition, ended up going to work for a chain of movie theaters called Translux Theater, and uh, they were based out of Norwalk. Uh, you know, I'm there for 20 years, and 20, 
26 years, I think, in motion pictures. And I get a call from the executive director at the Performing Arts Center, and he says, you know, would you come to work for us? We're having a problem in the box office. And I said, well, okay. So, I mean, I, I took a pay cut, but I knew I would never have to work on Thanksgiving or Christmas because the theater was always closed. All right. <laughs> kids at the time, my wife and I, and so you know, we thought about it long and hard, and I made the jump. And I never thought when I started there in 2000 that I would end up being president and CEO, but it's worked out. It just worked wow. out. That's fantastic. Yes, the pay went up. The pay, the pay went, the pay went up. Yeah. <laughs> Justin, so uh, so so yeah. I mean, well, of course, uh, Rich stole my question. <laughs> but uh but but mike uh you know you've seen so many acts through the years i mean not just as someone who books them but also someone who obviously enjoys live entertainment uh if i had to twist your arm what was your favorite act that you have seen from either side of of the coin either as someone who's booked it or just someone in the audience so again country music just kind of took over for me a few, what eight years ago and believe it or not, I had never been to a stadium show mm. in my life. Really? And I, I smoked too many cigars. And I'm on the deck one day, last two, two three summers ago, three summers ago. And, I, and I'm, it's a Sunday night, and I'm smoking a cigar. And my oldest daughter comes out and says, Dad, would you mind if I sit out here? I said, as long as you don't mind the smoke, it's fine. And she's got her laptop, and she's tapping away. And she said, oh, there's a concert in Massachusetts next week. I said, really? She says, yeah. She said, Midland is opening. And they had a song out at the time called Drinking Problem, and I liked it. And so I said, oh, I know them. And then they, she said, oh, yeah, and uh, Old Dominion is going to be there, too. And I said, well, ooh, I love Old Dominion. They're, they're pretty hot right now. And she said, and Thomas Rhett. I said, whoa, this is a show. And she said, and, and you haven't heard the best of it yet. No shoes, no shirt, no problem. Kenny Chesney. Is that <laughs> so I said, oh, well, when I go to work tomorrow, I'll make a couple of calls. And I start making a couple of calls to see if I can get some tickets. And, and so I end up with, uh, uh, I end up calling Kenny Ch Chesney's agent, right? And I said, yeah, you know, can you work something out for us? And, uh, you know, they put me into a portal through the agency website and I go in and I don't see what seats I'm getting or anything. I just pay for them and we go up to Gillette Stadium and, and you know, Kenny and Robert Kraft are friends. And so he always does the last show on the tour in Gillette. And I, I, I didn't know that. And I was blown away. Show starts at five, doesn't come down till 11 o'clock. And, and I just had the time of my life. I told somebody on Facebook that it was life changing and they laugh at me. But for me, it was, you know. And so I went back the following year and uh, and he, he tends to mix up the show a little bit. So we had Brothers Osborne and Dirk Bentley on the show and uh, had a, another great time. And I had my tickets for this past August, but COVID. So it's pushed until August of 2021. And, uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I just love, I love country and Kenny was the best show I've ever seen. Well, listen, in the future, don't put Bob Kraft and blown away in the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay. All right. <laughs> Jason. All right. Well, that kind of, I guess, answered my last question, sort of. Um, my, my question rather, if you could risk COVID 
for any show. If there's a show you, you say, I have the opportunity to book this, but there's a chance, you know, because of COVID that people can get sick, but this show is too good. I can't pass it up. Is there any show besides Rick Adana, Richie Burn Live? <laughs> I, I wish I could tell you yes, but I just finished telling you guys that we shut down the Halloween Spooktacular because safety first. And in my heart, it really is safety first. I mean, I do feel like I have a responsibility to my staff uh, who work so incredibly hard for us and, and you know, into the general public. Um, you know, God, I don't know. You know, I, I could throw a name out there and say, oh, sure. The Beatles, right? <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> that's, that's I mean, you have to jump on that. <laughs> you can you get all that. four of them. You're okay. You get all four of them in one room. I mean, you got to take the opportunity, right? Like, oh, my God, <laughs> it's John sure Lennon. <laughs> yeah, make sure you have plenty of ventilation because of Lennon and Harrison. Well, <laughs> that would be spectacular. <laughs> this concert guess, sponsored by Ouija. <laughs> my question is, Mike, can we have you back? Absolutely, guys. I had a blast. This was a oh, Mike, you were great. It was so much fun chatting with you, man. It's and, been my pleasure. And really, seriously, if you guys ever want to have me back, we'll uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do the six o'clock hour for me next time. Six o'clock, yeah. I'll pour a double instead of a half pour. And I'll even have to drink that day. We'll tear it up. That sounds Justin, like you want to, Justin, you want to sing Mike off? Yeah, sure. He said that he likes uh, country. So the only uh, I was trying to think what Queen song. Plus, I'm I'm wanted to like do like the bookends of what it is that I do. So the most country sounding uh, Queen song on ukulele that I can think to do. Uh, I was just a little lad, never knew no good from bad, but I knew life before I left my nursery. Left alone with Big Fat Fanny She was such a naughty nanny Keep big woman, you made a bad boy out of me Come on! Oh, won't you take me home tonight? Thanks again, Mike. All right, guys. Listen, enjoy the rest of your day. Stay safe. Thank, Thank you, Mike. Mike. Bye. Take care. Justin, that was fantastic. And <laughs> real quick, just want to put it out there. Richie, we finally had our music guest. Say what? We finally had our music guest. Yeah, you're right. Oh, you you're got right. a musical guest. It's me. <laughs> Jason, are you paying attention to this show? Or? <laughs> he has the TV on behind the camera. Sorry, I was watching Tom and Jerry. It's I haven't seen it in years. <laughs> he's watching. He's watching a Dukakis uh, town hall meeting that he taped on uh, Beta. No Dukakis town hall meet. Hold on one second. I'm, I'm going to have to. Uh, not to not sound professional. You guys talk amongst yourselves. I got to oh, plug in my laptop and grab another drink. <laughs> Richie and I have been talking about having a musical guest since we started this because Richie is also a musician. Yeah. Nice. We have um, had 
musical we've had uh singers on but they don't sing they never sang live yeah we've wanted to do that since we started going into studios now we want to bring in some bands and bring in some singers and we just haven't gotten around to it so you're up first justin I, I I have never been more happy to pop the cherry of a man named Richie. <laughs> <laughs> so Richie, I didn't get a chance to fill you in on Justin. Justin is an amazing singer, and yeah. actually, um, we I was on their podcast, and I found out this man toured Europe as an opera singer. How old were you? Really. Uh, I- my my first European tour as a as a classical soloist, I was thirteen years old. Isn't that insane? Yes. Thirteen wow. years old going around Europe singing. Wow. It was it was oh. a lot different than what you just heard. The the whole rock and roll <laughs> thing did not happen until uh, actually much later in life. Um, but yeah, most of my career has been as uh, as a classical singer, and then I kind of you know kind of shifted over to doing more like. Uh, uh, big band and jazz and that sort of stuff. Uh, sorry, that's my pet mouse. That's uh, <laughs> that was, was that you? I thought it was Jason. I'm I like, think it is Jason. I think maybe his. Uh, <laughs> what? What did I do? <laughs> no, we we heard like a. <laughs> Who stole my? Who stole my cheese? <laughs> so just do you do comedy too, or you? I uh, I'm just funny Justin looking. Very funny. That's all. I, I'm just I'm just funny looking. That's all. And how did you guys end up doing a show? So I was. Um, you guys hook up, but then I thought better of it. <laughs> we did a bare version of The Bachelor, and Justin was The Bachelor, and, <laughs> and Jason's my little cubby. <laughs> Well, I'm thinking, what does that mean? Like, uh, like a smaller version of? I didn't know what that meant. I I think technically, since I've you know I've learned over the years that actually Jason would be what they call an otter, not a bear. (laughs) Uh, What what is an otter? I don't know, but I want to know why smaller bear. Why have you learned this? Like, what what, have, what research well, have you been doing, Mark? Uh, <laughs> yeah, what is it? I've hung out with I've hung out with Gino more than fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Gino. Um, and for those listening at home, that's an, that's Gino from South Philly. Yeah. <laughs> He's been on the show, Gino Vento. Yeah. Gino Vento, the state guy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so, so the real story, the real story of how Jason and I met real quick is uh, we actually met through Julia Scotty before uh, before her stint on America's Got Talent. She was working up her act again with a little thing called the Julia Scotty Comedy Test Kitchen. Uh, it's like a South cabaret Philly. in South Philly. Yeah. And so I started I actually met uh Chris Rich, and she brought me into that because um, I, Chris Rich and I were at a wedding, and we, you know, hit it off. And she said, "Oh, let me introduce you to my husband. You know, he's he's an academic guy. He's a teacher. Uh, don't don't worry if you say something and he doesn't laugh. He just he never laughs at my stuff." And uh, before I left, I said, uh, you know, well, you know, you guys were really, you know, just you're really sweet people. I look forward to seeing you again. I'll I'll invite you out to one of my shows, you know, the next time I play the methadone clinic or something. And he started laughing his ass off. And that's when Chris was just like, 
okay, we need to hang out. And then uh, she brought me into this Julia comedy, uh, Ju Julia Scotty comedy test kitchen. And Jason became a part of that whole hodgepodge. And uh, it was like a, a live variety show. We had such a great time. And Jason and I just uh, kept in touch. Yeah. yeah. And um, Justin, you reminded me when you said you and Chris hit it off, then she introduced her to your husband. I was at a bar once in North Jersey and I thought I was doing great with this woman. This pre-marriage. I thought I was doing great with this woman. And she mentioned her husband. I said, husband, she said, yeah, he's at the bar watching us. He likes to watch me flirt with other men. I, it just blew, I've never experienced that before. It was That's what you reminded me of. I didn't know Chris Bridge was into that, but. He likes to watch me flirt with other men and then stab them. Well, I kind of feel that way today because I like to watch Mark flirt with other shows. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just secretly because Richie wants me to leave and join another show. <laughs> no, you're my otter and you know it. <laughs> Richie, can I tell you, I know it's been a long time since I've seen you, but yes, that, I love the wood on that door behind you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we uh, we had that put in. It's it, it opens up. It's a slide door. The door opens? Yeah, it's, it's a slide <laughs> it's door. It's amazing. I thought it was just for show. No, no. It opens, it opens up into the living room. Hold on. It's I, actually a door that opens up. Imagine that. Oh, one of those pocket doors. I like oh, it. Oh, it is a sliding That's door. That's sexy. Mm -hmm. Pocket action. Pocket <laughs> action. You see that picture, Jason? Yes. You know what that is? It's a rainbow over Central Park. And do you know Andy Angle? By any yeah. Um, Andy's dad. Gotham, and he does right? comedy and he runs the shows. At, he used to run the shows at Caroline's and, and now I think at Gotham. Yeah. And Andy, I went to see Andy when he was living with his dad. His dad was a famous, a really famous independent filmmaker in the 50s and 60s in, in France. He was like really well known in France. He's like a brilliant guy. He, he he passed away, but he took a picture of this beautiful rainbow outside his window in Central Park. And then he did some computerized stuff. This is like 20 years ago. And he made it, and he and I liked it so much that he signed it and gave it to me. Oh, wow. that's awesome! And, yeah, and apparently it's worth something because he's a, you know, like I could sell that in France for like a lot of money apparently because he was really oh, pretty well. You know, comedy doesn't get back on track soon. You might have to. I, yeah, if you're right, I might have to call Andy. I gotta sell that big picture. So it's, <laughs> I'm very proud of that picture, and I, I'm. I love, his father was a great guy, so that's I don't know great. why. He, I saw the picture there. And I love that. A lot. I got to tell you, I love that clock that you have there. I was uh, oh, talking about this. Work. Okay. My wife found this at Goodwill and turned it into art. It was like 20 bucks Dude. at Goodwill. It's from 1938. It was some retirement gift for somebody on, on the plaque here. And she put old artifacts and things in it. Thanks. That's I'll tell cool. you. They you call that a grandfather clock, but if you go to Florida, it's just a clock. <laughs> Technically, this is a grandmother I'll, clock. Uh, okay, I'll let myself out. Uh, I still love Richie's line. I think it was my favorite line of the day. I love your door. Thanks. It opens up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say the show went downhill after my talk, but. <laughs> And I'm the only one not drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Does it now? The door opens up. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. 
I got to be super honest with you guys. I had a vapor lunch today. Oh, really? Yeah. That's like, I love your clock. Thanks. It tells time. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody wants to talk about my wife's classroom. Oh, that's, I I thought that was weird that you had that. What is this little room you're in? Uh, It's where my wife now teaches the children of Philadelphia. And that was her fault. Yeah. What does the sign say? Oh, I I wrote this on here. It was my quote. All the world is a stage, and most of us are desperately unrehearsed. Okay. Now, yes, I I love that, Mark. I think you need to keep, when we do these Zoom Zoom shows, these StreamYard shows, you should do that. I'll put a quote up. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I'll see if I can guess at at some point during the interview if the quote can come in handy. And if not, at the end of the episode, I'll read the quote. Okay. But like today was perfect because we it it came up at the beginning because we were kicking ass until we uh, finished the drink, (laughs) and then all of a sudden it was like, "Oh, this is nice, damn it." <laughs> he was a great guest. What a great guest! We yeah. have to definitely have him back on. We have to have you guys um, definitely yeah. um, back on and do another dual show. This was well, this was fun, man. You guys just do you just go live whenever, or do you have a set? We don't, time? We don't do it live because we have a lot of dead space. Yeah, so yeah. it's better to edit that way. <laughs> and plus, we I remember we had there were some instances where like Julia Scotty was on. And she gave her own personal information out, like email. Right. She said, give us your website. So she gives her email address. We don't want to bro- broadcast that to the public. We, so you're we, telling me Julia Scotty is your Richie Byrne? Can <laughs> <laughs> I just say this is, this is a big day. Mark, Mark will account for this. I, uh, this is a new computer. Uh, I, my old computer didn't have a camera. That's how old it was. And when we were doing the show in the past, our former partner sent me a computer so I could use that to do this. But I went out and bought a computer, and that's why it took me so long to get on, because it was going to a different... He couldn't get it out of the box. It was... (laughs) (laughs) I'm very excited. I didn't know... I was very worried that I was not going to be able to figure this out, because you know it, Mark. There's yeah. more person though, Richie. I'm not no baseball. I remember, I remember at Rascals. Yes, I was in the green room or some for some reason, and you were on stage, and you asked me what was happening with the baseball game that was on. I don't remember who was playing, and I said something like, uh, "Oh, the guy in the red is 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 running." I, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> you were like you ripped on me from the you're like you don't know shit about baseball, do you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Jason Pollock is the Joe Buck of our group. <laughs> Wait a minute. Richie, you had one of the best heckles. I one of the, the one of the one of the my favorites from the Rascals days. Um I remember that there was a guy wearing sunglasses in the room and he was kind of talking to his girlfriend during your act. He was being really obnoxious and you called him out on it and you said, sorry, I'm not hip enough for you. And the guy stood up and pointed to you and said, you're not hip enough for a walrus. 
<laughs> it made absolutely no sense. I, was, I don't remember. You just laid into him for that. Chris Clay and I were talking about that for a while. Well, maybe it's walrus like a gay term, maybe. I have walrus. no idea what that meant. Air otter wal- walrus? That, that's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a wet, shaved, aquatic bear. Justin, we should go out. You should sing I Am the Walrus. Cuckoo-cuckoo, man. <laughs> we probably should wrap her up. We're hitting the, the 50... 50 yeah, Mark. Um, so, Justin, do you have a, a song you want to take us out on? We're going to do a different ending. Usually, I just out of nowhere go, that's straight jokes and storytelling, and I cut yeah. everyone off. But I didn't warn you about that. It's Great a- show, guys. Great show. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was really a lot good. of fun. It's this. This has been. Uh, I mean, such a great time. First of all, it's great. To, great to meet you, Richard. Right now, right now, you look a little bit like Robert Klein. I just, Mark. I'm so not together today. I just threw on <laughs> a shirt and got in front of the camera. I, I, I now I have this. Two-hour drive to go do uh, Uncle Vinny's. Richie, let me say thank you for putting on the shirt. <laughs> I don't always wear it when we do the show. It's very weird in the studio. When we go in the studio, he just wears a lobster bib. <laughs> no pants, nothing. Um, you're, yeah, you're, we got to let Richie go because he has a drive to Jersey for a gig tonight. He needs yeah, to get that lobster bib. <laughs> so we'll have justin take us out on a nice song and then uh guys let's stick around so we can chat after yeah let, let me I'll, you know i'll keep it classy since we did rock and roll i'll do a little bit of a nice neapolitan song for you i think you heard me do this before richie richie mark mark we we you've heard this before richie <laughs> you know i was gonna say do you have a relationship i don't know about He's my walrus, okay, Otter? Now sing it now or never. I should have done that earlier. I could have gotten in on that uh, three that kings. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was great, Dustin. My mother knows. My mother knows. My mother knows, baby. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on YouTube or wherever you podcast. We also would appreciate spreading the word. Let anyone who may enjoy us know about us. 
We appreciate the plug. Special thanks to a shared universe studios, realize records, and why not for the great music.